and welcome to Down with the Browns. And welcome back to another episode of Down with the Browns. You're here with your host, Christian. I have a very special co-host today in Jacob Carroll. How you doing, brother? Doing good, bud. It's good to be here again. And uh, on this episode, we're actually doing this as a live recording. It's just me and you here. Yeah. We're actually in the same building. It's the first time we've done this. Yeah. And uh, on this episode, we're going to be talking about the divisional round Mm -hmm. of the playoffs. We're going to do a quick rundown on that. Uh, Talk about Baker's successful surgery. Yep. Um, talk about a few free agency targets and multiple positions, and we'll do a rundown of most of the receivers in this upcoming draft. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess we'll just start off by I'll ask you who you think is going to win tonight's playoff games in the uh, Bengals and Titans. As far as tonight's games go, um, I'd say the Titans will – take over that one um their defense is probably going to be a little too much for um the offensive line of cincinnati i think they'll be able to control the ball control um, the line of scrimmage um it it's going to have to take some mistakes on tennessee's end in order for cincinnati to win Mm -hmm. um if they stick and if they stick to the run game that will eliminate less of those mistakes that was the biggest reason the pittsburgh steelers beat them in the regular season so if they can eliminate the mistakes and just run the ball, um, keep the ball, they should be able to win. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, they get Derrick Henry back tonight, and hopefully they feed him. Yeah. They feed him a lot because mm-hmm. uh, that's that's their powerhouse. Yeah. And when they can run the ball effectively, they're winning games mm-hmm. big. So I think the Titans win that one. Yep. I'm going to say 24-17. to 17. That's what I was thinking, 24-17, maybe – um, if it does somehow go into overtime and uh, Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati's able to um, get, add some points, maybe something like 27-24 or 30-24, something like that. Okay. And uh, for the later night game, the 49ers at Packers. I've got Packers in that one. Uh, if they play like they're capable of, it probably it may not even be a close game. I think they will handle the 49ers pretty well. Not mm-hmm. that the 49ers are a bad team. Uh-huh. I just think the Packers have the advantage um, in almost every position, I feel like. Um, I know Debo Samuel was the main reason that, you know, they were able to put so much points uh, and have offensive production against the Cowboys last week. I don't see that happening again this week. Um, and... Green Bay should be able to win. I'm going to say something like 31-17, 31-14. Okay. Um, I'm going to go opposite of you. I think that the 49ers are going to pull it out. I think that defense is is hauling some some hay this year, and uh, <laughs> and I think Jimmy G's going to come out. He's going to be swinging. I think Debo's going to be that X factor for him. Uh, and, you know, Kyle Shanahan just brings it. I feel like every time they face off – or just even the 49ers in general, every time they face off against the Packers in the playoffs, it's like they got Aaron Rodgers' number. Yeah. So. That could be the case. Now, when they played each other in the NFC Championship two years ago, was that game at Green Bay or was it at San Francisco? I want to say it was at San Francisco. I feel like they went like 14-2 that year. Yeah, That I was think, the year yeah. they were going off. That game, I want to say it was at San Francisco. This year, it's at Lambeau. Winning at Lambeau is very difficult to do in the month of January. Yeah. It is very difficult to do. I know Tom Brady did it last year. Other than that. Which he's the GOAT. Yeah. Other than that, I don't see 
Um, I don't see really many teams beating Green Bay on their own home field. Yeah, it's 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 really hard to do. And uh, so on the Sunday games, I believe that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Rams games, the early game. Yep, that's the early game. I want to say three o'clock. Okay, so uh, let's hear your predictions on that one. I'd say the Bucks will take that one. Um, basically, where it's at Tampa Bay, I feel like you know they are um, destined to make it back for a, a second straight year to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, that's of course that's been their goal the whole year. Um, I don't see. It seems like to me that um, the Rams seem to struggle on the road in certain games. Uh, I know they beat the Cardinals at Arizona, but that's the only game where I see that they won pretty handedly on the road. Uh-huh. Um, and Tampa's practically unstoppable at home for the most part. So I feel like Tampa's going to win that one. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I kind of noticed, have been noticing Matt Stafford is his inconsistency. Yep, is it's it's something to be aware of mm-hmm. and. That defense. The only thing that I think that the Rams can rely on that'll that could probably get them to win is that defense. Yep. That defense is sick. Absolutely. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch that front four go against the Buccaneers. Yes. Offensive line because they've got. Yeah, especially if Tristan Wirfs plays. Oh yeah. Um, if that full line plays against um, um, goodness, right. Los Angeles is. Uh, front four uh-huh. that'll be a very good trench battle for sure yeah it'll be one to watch and uh i agree with you on the uh the outcome of that i believe that the bucks will win that one mm-hmm. um i'm gonna say i'm gonna say 31 to 27 i want to say bucks too but it'll probably be even more high scoring than that you i wouldn't so? be surprised um especially in the second half i feel like the first half is going to be kind of laid back and then uh-huh. the second half is just going to be points points mm-hmm. points points i'm thinking something like uh 42 35 okay. 42 32 something like that so you're you betting know. the over yeah yeah <laughs> no not at all uh, but okay and moving on to that final game the Bills and the Chiefs. That will actually be probably one of my favorite games this entire playoffs. Yeah. Um, because, of course, you've got that high-power Kansas City offense. Um, they can drop 30 at the drop of a hat. <laughs> and um, they're going to be playing arguably the best pass defense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That is the Buffalo Bills. Um, they're going to have to change some stuff up if they want to try and win this game. But right now, this very moment, I've got the Bills winning. Mm-hmm. Um, something along the lines of like 28 to 24 type game. It's yeah. going to be a close one, but I see the Bills winning. Yeah, I um, I think this is going to be one for the ages. You're watching two of the next dynamic dynasty quarterbacks. Yep. And Josh Allen and Patty Mahomes go face to face, and coming off of last week, you got to see them both go off. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen probably had one of the best performances I've seen in a while mm-hmm. at the quarterback position last week, and it, I think it's going to be a good game. I think you're going to have Josh Allen and Patty Mahomes are both going to have like just these extraordinary stat lines. So, but I think the Chiefs are going to win this one. I think that the uh, the experience that the Chiefs have, and I think they're going to have the calmness to go in and win that game. I think that's what's going to win it is the experience. 
Yeah, I could see that because this is um, like the third playoff game. Well, fourth if you count last week. Uh-huh. This is only the uh, Bills' fourth playoff game um, in you know last several years. This is like Patrick Mahomes' fourth year in a row playing in a playoff game. Yeah, he's been in back-to-back Super Bowls. So, I mean, and he won one two years ago. So, I mean, he he has that experience. And almost made it to the Super Bowl three years ago if it hadn't been for a <laughs> rough in the passer call where Tom Brady's helmet got smacked. That's yep. literally what it was. But, yeah. Yeah, and so, okay, who you got in the Super Bowl? Super Bowl. Well, that's a tough one. If I had to make a choice today – I would say Bills and Packers. Okay. Um, I know Chiefs-Packers is the popular vote, um, probably the more likely vote, but that doesn't always take place. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say Bills and Packers for now. Um, and, of course, if that's the case, it'll be a very interesting matchup because you would have Aaron Rodgers against that Bills pass defense, which mm-hmm. is absolutely unstoppable. So um, that that's something I would really like to see. But um, Bills and Packers with Packers winning something. It's it, there's always a weird score in the Super Bowl. There's yeah. never a a regular like twenty eight twenty one type game or a thirty five twenty eight type game. It's always like twenty nine to twenty or something yeah. like that. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to say. Twenty nine twenty Packers. All right. So I've got I've got the Chiefs. And the 49ers. Okay. We're getting a Super Bowl from two years ago rematch. And okay. I've got the Chiefs winning it. That, I mean, that's very possible. I'm not going to give a score because I'll be dead wrong. Uh, I know I'm always wrong, but I've, I'm pretty good at picking the winner. I've not got one wrong in about four years. So. Yeah. And, of course, uh, if that were to happen, you have a Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl. With the game being in Los Angeles, San Francisco is going to have a lot of fans there. I yeah. would, I would imagine. I would imagine. But I mean, you never know. Yeah, and um, so let's um, let's move forward. And let's actually sure. talk about our Browns. Okay. So um, our quarterback Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. he uh, he finally had surgery on the nineteenth, and yeah, from the little video that came on, uh, it looked like that everything went very successful. Yeah, the way he talked about it. Um, I know a lot of people were skeptical on Twitter about it because he wasn't in uh, full uniform with the helmet on and saying, go Browns, go Browns, go Browns. Yeah, I mean, fans are going to complain anymore no matter what. (laughs) I mean, that's just, I'm sorry. No matter what happens, you could watch a video of Baker Mayfield eating lasagna and fans (laughs) are going to complain about it for some reason, which I understand he had a bad year. You know, he's eating was, it with the wrong hand. Yeah, he's eating it with his left. It should be his right. Throw with the hand you eat with. I don't know. It. I understand he had a bad year. Yeah. You know, it wasn't what we hoped for. And there were a couple of games this year where if he was have done the right thing or changed what he was needing to do or whatever, yeah. we would have, you know, won the game. You know, and I understand, you know, and that's the, that's the con – of the quarterback position. Just about every time a team loses a game anymore, uh-huh. it's either blamed on the quarterback or the coach. Or the refs. Or the refs. But, I mean, anytime someone blames the refs, you know they're just complaining. Yeah. Just about. Their team lost in a dramatic fashion. Basically. And, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I totally agree about the fans need to stop complaining about so much. 
I mean, he did have it. It wasn't a good. It wasn't a good year at all for Baker. No. Um, and if he plays like that again next year, I mean, he kind of had an excuse because of the injury. Because mm-hmm. I mean, his shoulder, yeah, and his arm were not connected. And <laughs> true. So, and I mean, he had multiple injuries. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say that he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm not gonna say that everything that went down for him this year was because of that injury, but the, it ha- it affected a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think it's gonna take a lot of them coming together this off season and just building the men's, yeah, and rebuilding that locker room, coming yep. together, and just yep. let's ride it out. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, good point. Yeah, biggest thing is learning from mistakes, and I wouldn't say that just for Baker. It's unfair to just point at one yeah. person and say, "Learn from your mistakes." You got to look at everybody on the team and say, you know, there's thing, there's things that you did wrong, or there's things that you need to change, and you know, yeah. just move forward from there. And if if you don't have the problems come out, mm-hmm. then you won't learn from them. Like that's if, true. Like, you got to have lessons to learn. And I think that's going to be a big lesson for Stefanski. I think it's going to be a good one for the Browns in general. Yeah. And Andrew Barry, I think they're all going to learn from that situation and grow from it. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. And moving forward, um, speaking of, like, next year and stuff. Sure. Talking about free agents. Yeah. And um, we got a few – we got – you know, looking back at the year, you wouldn't – like I mean, going into this year, you would think that there'd be more holes to fill, but there's really not. I mean, you get True. back a healthy Baker. Yeah. The the two rooms now that are glaring, I think, that you got to address is the receivers and the defensive tackle position. Depending on what we do with the current players that we have, uh-huh. yes. Yeah. Depending I, on what we do with what we've got right now. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how they approach it. I think, honestly, the more and more I think about it, I think that they figure out something to bring back Juice. I think he's going to be back right. next year. I hope you're um, right. It, it, there's not enough veteran receivers, and he really doesn't have that big of a market out for him, you know? No. Because, I mean, he's not the Devontae Adams receiver. He's not this big Tom Flashy guy. He's a consistent middle-of-the-pack receiver that's good for everybody. Yep. His leadership skills are beyond yep. most receivers, though. Yep. And that's what we need for next year is that leadership mentality. Yeah. Because that's what ultimately was kind of what brought us hope from that 0-16 season. Yep. You know, we was watching Hard Knocks, and he just addresses the entire wide receiver room and says, if you guys – um, aren't going to give your all. You just need to leave. Pretty much. Basically, pretty much. And it's contagious. It, it was contagious. Yeah. <laughs> and Bless Yeah, we needed that. We needed that so bad. It and, was. It was like a mentality that the Browns hadn't had yet. Right. And he had the winning culture. He came from LSU. They mm-hmm. were winning games there. Yeah. Miami was actually decent then. Decent. Yeah. I mean, they were winning games. I mean. Sure. When when we got him, we were like, "Oh my gosh, we got Jarvis Landry!" Because yeah. I mean, he was he was really good coming into Cleveland. Yep, and I mean, he's been really good for us. I believe I think he's been one of the best receivers, other than Josh Gordon, yeah. since the move. And that Josh Gordon was just that one year. As far as impact goes, it's by far Jarvis. Oh yeah, out of all the receivers we've had in the expansion era, he's by far the best one that we've had as far as productivity, yeah. impact, leadership. 
and that's the guy that we need to keep. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be a matter of contract. Yeah, because of his past two years stats-wise, they've not been up to par with his contract. I mean, love him, but his stats don't produce $15, $16 million. Well, not many people's stats do, really. Well, I mean – you know what I mean. Like right. they're gonna yeah. have to restructure it, give them about seven to nine, and maybe extend them a year or two. Because sure. I mean, his contract actually ends after next year. Yeah. So, um, you do that, and then you bring in a few guys, uh, like a little with a little bit of experience, yeah. maybe, and uh, we can just start talking about the free agency wide receivers if you'd like. Sure. All right. So uh, I wrote down a few that stood out to me. Um, I've said this one numerous times on here. I'm a big advocate for this guy. He really didn't have that big of a sample size last year because he hurt his ankle early on in the season, and it ended it for him. Sure. And it's DJ Chark. Yeah. Um, He had a 65.9 PFF grade, Mm -hmm. but I believe that's just because of the sample size that he had. Um, Two touchdowns, 154 yards on seven receptions. Yeah. And I think his size would be just phenomenal in the system. Yeah. It's a good guy, though end zone yeah yeah so i feel like i'm repeating myself like i've said numerous times about this guy but just in case the listeners haven't heard me say it sure um so who's somebody that's kind of caught your eye that's in free agency this year in free agency as far as the receiver position there's not really anyone specific that has caught my eye mostly because a lot of these wide receivers in free agency have very large um payoffs if you will yeah if we're going to get someone in free agency that's going to, you know, help us long term, we'd really have to fork out the money. And there's a lot of money decisions that are probably going to have to be made in house. Yeah. So, I, I like the DJ Chark um, decision. I mean, if we were to get him, I wouldn't be mad at all. I don't think he's going to have a large payoff. Yeah. He's probably if if we had to get someone in free agency. He's probably your best pick receiver. Yeah, because, I mean, he's still young. He's I think he's just 26. He's yeah. tall. Um, not a lot of people. He's not the flashy name. He's not had this huge, illustrious career yet. And I feel like he's one of the middle-of-the-road receivers. And you got to have those guys. Like, you can't just have a star and then some crappy receivers because that doesn't – I mean, you got to have the guys that can go out there and make the catches. You got to have the guys that are in the middle of the road, and I believe he can be—he could be a solid two. I believe he could be a solid two for it. He could. So, yeah. Plus, the quarterback situation in Jacksonville hasn't been great for him. The coaching situation wasn't great for him. Too, but he really didn't get to play under last year for Urban. Oh yeah. Because he, he got hurt. I think it was like week one or week two. Oh. Okay. So he really didn't get to play much. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and because I mean, a lot of people thought he was gonna have a breakout year with Trevor Lawrence because they're like, okay, he's in this new hmm. system, he's got a good quarterback, he might break out, and then yeah. he gets hurt real early in the season. And I feel like they're gonna go out and get one of uh, Clemson's receivers for Trevor, and they're gonna sign some people that he's You're played with. You're probably right. You're probably right. So. Um, is there any chance that the Jaguars try to make an effort to keep DJ Chark in that event? They may. Um, I, I really don't know how they feel about him, but in, I, I really hope that they don't. <laughs> and he's in Cleveland <laughs> yeah. next year. That's yeah, just I wouldn't that. be that either. <laughs> um, but uh, another receiver that really catches my eye is Cedric Wilson from Dallas. 
Yeah. He wasn't the one. He wasn't the two. He was just kind of the guy that would come in. And he still had a really good year just to be the guy that wasn't the like a predominant pass catcher. Sure. Uh, he had 45 receptions, 602 yards, on and six touchdowns. Yeah. And he had a PFF grade of 71.7. And I think that's somebody we, we could we could use in that uh like a two three like wide receiver two three. He's speedy. He could play the slot real well for us. Um, just that's just I think he would be a good option if we do move away from Jarvis Landry. If we do move away from Jarvis, but, I mean I think we, he he would do well with us even if we don't move on. I think because his payout's not going to be ridiculous. Like yeah. you could probably get him on a two three year deal ten ten to fifteen maybe. So like five million a year. So sure. I think you could do that somewhere in there. Um, it, and. I think another receiver that we could get like on a low pay is Jameson Crowder. He's a speed guy. He's a guy we could throw in the slot. He's burner downfield. Played for the Jets. He's not really had the competent quarterback play as well. And he had 51 receptions, 447 yards, and two touchdowns on the year. And I, I know Zach Wilson. He's a rookie. But they've not had consistent quarterback play. Right. Plus, he's a rookie. Right. Um, so I'm not going to really hold that against him because I mean he showed that he can produce and he has sure. in New York. Yeah. So I think that'd be another guy for the Browns to keep tabs on. Sure. Um, is there anybody else that you can? As far as free agency, none. I mean, of course, you know, I think Sammy Watkins is supposed to be a free agent. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not paying him that much. If yeah, I, I feel like very... you could get him like a like a four million. You think deal. so? Something like that. Oh yeah, because that's what the Ravens paid him. Really? They didn't pay him much at all. Huh. I thought it was more than that. They may have. I know that he's projected not to make that much because he really didn't produce. Yeah, this he year. didn't produce what his contract was being. Yeah. yeah so. so. I mean, if you can get, I think we can get some of these veteran guys on these lower end deals, and I think that would be big because I that think we're help. we're gonna draft a few receivers. I think so too. Because I think with that thirteenth pick, I know I'm moving ahead, but I think that we're gonna sign people to be mentors because the number one pick for us at thirteen is gonna be your number one receiver moving forward. I think that's what they're going to pick there. I think that's the goal. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. And uh, moving forward from the receiver position, I think one that's glaring on the defensive now after the whole Malik McDowell situation, um, I think is defensive tackle. Yep. And uh, me and you, we've been talking about defensive tackles. We kind of talked about it before the situation went down on a couple or on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Um. And I've came down with some people that I think that would be good to target. Sure. Um, Hakeem Nix. We'd have to pay him a little bit more because, I mean, he's still a stud. Oh, yeah. He had a PFF grade of 72.3. He had five sacks. Yeah. And that's pretty good from the defensive tackle position. Yeah. And 17 total tackles. And Okay. So, I mean, he's not really got the tackles. And it shows that he's not – I mean, he's still a good run stopper, mm-hmm. but he's not making the tackles. He might be getting the holes for the other guys. So, Yeah. I mean, we talked about it the last time we were on our podcast, and we were thinking, you know, keep Malik McDowell. You know, he was one of the best defensive tackles we've had. And, you know, Malik Jackson's probably not going to – you know, be with us long term. Mm-hmm. And now it's like the opposite. I mean, you know, Malik Jackson, I mean, Malik McDowell, my apologies, Malik McDowell. Yeah. He's more than likely gone. 
Yeah, I don't and, see us picking up that or picking him up again. I would be shocked if we did. Yeah, that the whole situation is just kind of it's it's sad to see. And out of the blue too. Yeah, like I didn't expect it. I was honestly I was thinking that we were gonna have to like give him a two or three year deal to keep him here. Absolutely. And I mean, I was I was down for it. Oh I mean, yeah, because <laughs> I mean, he did he did. I mean, he wasn't like a, like no Aaron Donald esque defensive tackle last year. He didn't have to be. Yeah, and I think he did solid though. Like I mean, he got he got like four sacks last year. I mean, that's pretty good considering yeah. he got Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. Yeah, and he made a lot of like I like to call them like quiet plays, quiet moves where he didn't get the big sack or the big play. But there was like within the well, that first week when we was playing the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah. he was in that backfield like chasing Mahomes every now and again. Yeah. I don't know if he got to him, but he was in that backfield affecting plays. Yeah, and he was such a good role player for the defense. I hate to see him leave. I really yeah. do. So now you're thinking, do we keep Malik Jackson to keep that integrity of the defensive yeah. line? You know, um, I think it would, bringing him back would be smart. And then another guy that I think that would be smart to bring back is a guy that knows the defense. Um, he knows the Joe Wood role. He knows Cleveland. Bring back Sheldon Richardson. I agree. That would be great. Honestly, I was kind of sad to see him go the first time. Yeah. And he was kind of wanting the money, and he went back to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So it shows that he's willing to go back to where he's played before. Right. So he went back to Minnesota, got him a little payday, had a decent year, had four sacks, 32 total tackles, had a forced fumble, mm-hmm. and had a PFF grade of 62. Um, so I think that he's willing – he might be willing to come back to Cleveland. I, I think, think that so. if we offered him like maybe a $5 million deal or something like that, one maybe. year, maybe two, year 10 – uh, we could get him back in Cleveland, and I mean, he was—he's he's a solid player for us. Yeah, yeah. Something tells me he knew the potential that this team had. Yeah, and I think he wanted to be with us uh, this year because of everything that had happened last year, making mm-hmm. the playoffs. We had all this off-season uh, camaraderie, or however yeah. it said, you know, and. I think he was sad to leave Cleveland, not necessarily to be in Minnesota, because like you said, he probably wanted to be with his old team. Yeah. But, you know, he wanted to be in Cleveland, and maybe, you know, he might still see that potential, and we may bring him back. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, one guy that uh, I wouldn't mind us going after, I don't know if the Bills will pick him back up, but it's Harrison Phillips. He's a younger guy. He ain't really like the pass rusher. He's better on the run side of the ball. And he had a higher PFF grade. I want to say it was like 80-something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember it exactly. Um, but he had 33 total tackles. And, he, I mean, he's somebody we could use in the run game, like stopping the run. So Yeah, which our run defense this year was outstanding. Yeah. And, outstanding. And, like, going forward, you still got to find that replacement for Malik McDowell. You do. And I think that's somebody – because he was phenomenal in the, stop, in the run stopping. That's one thing I liked about him. Oh, yeah. He was, he's like 6'6". Six, six. He's a bigger dude, and he could stop the run really well. So I think that one of them three would be a phenomenal – Sure. Or not phenomenal. Um, a good replacement. A good replacement. Yeah, it's going to be hard to replace this guy. He was very, very effective. Yeah, and it's you got to get somebody that meshes well too because the defense played really well toward the end of the year. 
and hopefully we can get one of them guys that's like a Jarvis for the defense helps everybody gel together true and I think that's going to be more taken care of at the linebacker position than the defensive line yeah and there's a few linebackers that uh the Browns should target I think uh do you have any specifics I don't have any specifics. I know, I mean, in a perfect world, there's a few that I'd like to get, like that cat from the Titans, um, uh, Harold Landry the Third. Mm-hmm. He's versatile. You know, he could play at the um, mm-hmm. edge. He could play linebacker. He could basically do it all. If he were to somehow come to Cleveland, that would be phenomenal. But, yeah. yeah. I, I think the only way we would go after Harold Landry is if – this, the Titans somehow just are like, you know what, we don't want you. Um, and that'll be shocking to me if they don't try to retain him yeah. with it. I think they'll end up pulling the franchise tag out on that Absolutely. one the more I think about it. And another, like one of the other ways that I think that we would actually try to go after him if he somehow hits the market uh-huh. is if we don't resign Jadavion Clowney. Yeah, you've got to keep Clowney. I think that is one of the first things yeah. that Barry should do in um, offseason moves. Keep Jadavion Clowney. He's the best yeah. thing that's ever happened to Miles Garrett since Miles Garrett came to Cleveland. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why we haven't opened the checkbook for him yet. Yeah. It's kind of shocking. But, I mean, Andrew Barry knows what's up. Yeah. I mean, he's still younger. He's, I mean, he's not old. He's got a little experience on him. He's just 29. So. Yeah. And this is probably, I see this, this is probably the best year that Clowney's had in mm-hmm. his NFL career. I mean, I can't think of a better year. Can you? Um, It's probably one of his first years in Houston. Probably. Yeah, I'd say it's probably maybe. Uh, maybe his rookie year, sophomore year, when he had when JJ Watt was going off too. Yeah, but I mean he had five, or he had nine sacks, um, was great in the run game. I mean that was something I love to see was him back there. He'd stop the run real early in the plays. Yeah, and that because I mean Miles Garrett's a phenomenal pass rusher. He's a phenomenal defensive player, mm-hmm. but it felt like every time that they would run, they would triple team miles and it'd be harder for him to stop and then like get five ten yards down the field and yeah i think he's bigger i think if we do move on without Jadavion, it's going to be harder to replace him because he meant so much on the run stopping yep. side of the ball because and just helping out miles that's why he broke the uh the record yeah so yeah it's going to be very hard if we were to not keep him that's going to be tough trying to yeah. find a player to fill in that role that Clowney had last year so I again at all costs literally no pun intended at all costs keep Jadavion Clowney yeah and uh moving back to the linebacker position I think that we should keep Anthony Walker yeah because I mean he he did solid he did good in his role I mean, he didn't get to play every game of the season because of COVID, and he had an early injury. I think it was yeah. like week two, he missed a couple week of games. Week two, had to miss a couple of games. I can't remember the exact purpose, what the injury yeah. was, but he had to miss a few, but yeah. And I think that he did really solid. And I remember when we signed him, a lot of the players, like Darius Leonard, they were like, oh man, I can't believe we really let this guy go. And yeah. I was like, okay, we got a good one. If yeah. he's saying that, then we've got a good player coming to Cleveland. Yeah. And... You know, one guy that I just remembered is hitting free agency this year. It's Christian Kirksey. 
Huh. If we could bring Gerardo Kirko back, <laughs> that would be nice because he went through some. He went through all the bad years, and I think um, he never, you know, got to experience, you know, the playoffs. The playoffs, you know, which he plays for the Texans. Is that correct? Yeah, he actually when we when we didn't, I think we released him, didn't we? Or we just didn't pick up his contract. I think we just didn't pick up his contract because it was large. Yeah. Then went to he went to the Packers. Yeah. And that so, was last year when which, the Packers went to the NFC Championship game. So he did get the taste of the playoffs, but so it he, wouldn't have been as sweet as with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, because the Packers are used to the playoffs on a yearly basis. Yeah. Whereas, you know, going to the playoffs last year for us was just one in a million. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and the fans loved him. I mean, he's not the greatest linebacker. He had some pretty good seasons with us. He, I think he like led the league in tackles one year with us, didn't he? I'm not sure. Probably or he was that. top five or something like something that. Something like that, probably. And, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind having him and Anthony Walker back there running the middle of the field, have JOK on the side, yeah. Jacob Phillips on the other. I don't know if you're going to get both, but um, you could easily see one of the two. If it's me – I would prefer Anthony Walker oh, because yeah. he's he would be in his second year with Joe Woods' defense. And he's younger. And he's younger. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the better pick now. But, yeah. I mean, if, if he were to walk and you have Kirksey, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not going to get mad. See, I just don't feel like the Browns are going to go out and pay linebacker because, I mean, it's showed the last two years you can just go sign these guys on one-year deals. Like you had B.J. Goodson last year, played yeah. really good in the in the yeah. middle linebacker position, and yeah. then you signed Anthony Walker this year. So I mean, AB's got the eye for the middle linebacker position. Yeah. Do we uh, still have Malcolm Smith? We do. Um, okay. I think we'll end up picking him up on a cheap deal again. Yeah. I think he likes Cleveland. Yeah, seems like he does. Um, he's you know he's been effective in his role with Cleveland as well, and. If we can just honestly, the linebackers that we have currently, the entire defense that we yeah. have currently is a great defense. Everybody stepped up, played well. If we can retain as much of that defense as we can. Which we don't really have a lot going into free agency. I mean, we got Rodney Harrison. I think we'll let him walk just because of Grant Delpit. Just because of Grant Delpit, yeah. And I think that we'll let that uh, Richard LeCount, I think we'll let him play a little bit more next year. He's still on his rookie deal, right? Yeah, he's last year was his rookie year. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. And you're going into year technically year two, but year three for Grant Delpit. So it's it's about time. I mean, he did great last year. I think for his technical rookie year. Sure. Um, I think that you'll start to see him become more of that dominant safety. We think that he's going to be. He could be the next Jamal Adams. That is a hot take, I know. But he could be. I'm not see, saying he will, but he I could think, be. I, I think he's more of a. I, I don't want to compare him to Cam Chancellor, but like that style, like the, the style. hard hitting, because he's bigger. Because Jamal Adams, I don't think I don't. I'm not. I don't want to get like called that on his height. Yeah. But I know Grand Elf. It's like six four. Yeah. So that's bigger, and he's a hard hitter. So that's true. Yeah, I could see Cam. I could see a little of both. I guess I'm just, you know, referring to the standpoint where Jamal Adams is technically a safety, yeah. but he can literally move about the field and just be any position, figuratively but speaking. He, they also can both play, like, the linebacker packages. That's what I was trying to say, yeah. yeah. I see where you're going. Okay, I get you now. Um, another guy that I think that we got to keep is MJ Stewart. <sighs> Down the stretch. Yeah. That guy, I mean, I was checking PFF earlier, and I made this tweet yesterday, or earlier today on the uh, – 
podcast Twitter, and he was ranked fifth. Really? And on PFF, he had a eight. I want to say eighty six. I'm not looking at it right now, but okay. I say, and his coverage was phenomenal. Yeah, he. My gosh, his improvement from last year to this year. I remember screaming at my television because of all the stuff he was doing last year, and yeah, I just wanted to... which we were throwing him in bad positions because, I mean, he was having to play the one, the two corner. Yeah, that's and true. he's more of a nickel, which is what we played him at. And he played more safety, too. He played a lot of safety this year. Yeah. Because, I mean, LeCount really didn't get much playing time. And I think MJ Stewart was the reason because of that because he played a lot, and I think we got to keep him. He's he's like one of them under the radar guys that not like a lot of people know about. Yeah, but he was really solid for us. And if you're a guy that watches the uh, Browns year to year, game to game, week to week, yeah. and you've seen this guy all the time in a Browns jersey, it'll be tough to see him go. You yeah. know, and I mean. He could easily go uh, somewhere else, and I'd say a team that truly needs this cat um, is going to pick him up. Same way with Jordan Poyer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, I don't, yeah. Don't talk that about that. That one stings. I'm sorry. That but. one hurt me when we when we didn't pick him up because I really like Poyer because, I mean, he started the show in like that last year in Cleveland. He was showing that he's a really good safety. Oh, like, gosh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, is this just because we suck or is this kid really good? And then – he goes to Buffalo. Now he's an all-pro. He's on the best pass defense in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, I still think it's the best pass defense right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. They've got overall one of the best teams in the NFL, no doubt. And that's why they're going deep in the playoffs. Yeah. So It always stinks when you see a former Cleveland player go somewhere else and yeah. they just, you know, succeed and yeah, life of a Browns <laughs> fan, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think it's about time we get into talking about them receivers at 13 and in the draft just overall receivers breaking them down so um who is like one receiver if you had to just pick a sleeper receiver i know we're just going to start off with that sure um who's like one sleeper that you would pick well it's very hard to tell right now Uh because we've already had the conversation about you know what we're going to do with our current receivers that we have Uh um if you get one first round, I mean, you've got to go with Garrett Wilson, I believe. Yeah. If you get it first round. But Garrett Wilson may be already gone yeah. by that pick. Um, if I'm being honest, if Garrett's gone and we do something else with that pick and don't get receiver uh-huh. and we save it for a, another round – a receiver that I would really like for Cleveland to get, mm-hmm. George Pickens from Georgia at thirteen. No, if if like like if, oh if they don't go okay my bad if we I'm don't pick at thirteen uh, or if we don't pick a receiver at thirteen yeah say we're get one, we want that one player and yeah. we don't get him he goes somewhere else and we take a different direction with uh-huh. 13 and then wait until second, third round. I don't see George Pickens being as the player that everyone wants. Yeah, That's someone that Cleveland could go ahead and maybe pick up because he can play. Yeah. He really can. I mean, he he's the reason. Like, I mean, down the stretch, he was pretty solid for them. Yep. 
And yeah. I mean, that Georgia offense was, was humming. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. And he actually tore his ACL last year. last year and he didn't play a whole lot of this season where they won the national championship. Yeah. Um, I think he played the national championship. I cannot remember, but um, that would be a good pick for Cleveland as a like sleeper pick, if you yeah. will, because he's got a good body frame and he's as fast as lightning. I think he could he could fill yeah. you know a particular role for Cleveland some way somehow. Uh, that would be my sleeper pick if we were to go with a yeah yeah. I agree there. I agree sure. there. Uh, I think he's one of them guys you got to take in like third, fourth. That's what I was thinking, third or fourth. So yeah. I, there's one guy that I I think that the Browns could do like sleeper wise could get sure. Um, same same conference in the SEC, just the other team in the national championship played for Bama, and John Mechie. I like him. Yeah, John Mechie, I think his injuries are what's going to knock him. Yes, that's why I didn't say John Mechie. Because I feel like he's constantly hurt. But when he's on the field, he's phenomenal. Yeah. he He's fast as lightning. Yeah. I, I mean, he's he's not as tall as George Pickens, but he's – I don't know who to even compare him to. Because, I mean, he's he's about six foot, I believe, and he's fast. Yeah. Um, You know, I – I don't know exactly where he's going to go. Yeah, dog kind of depends on his pro day. Yeah. I think he could be late second, early third, somewhere in there. Yeah, I could see that. Just because he, because of Bama. Um, yeah. I mean, and he had a pretty good year this year. He had yeah. 96 catches, one, uh, 1,142 yards, mm-hmm. and eight tutties. So, I mean, that's pretty solid for him not to be the number one receiver and hurt a little bit this year. Yeah. He wasn't the number one receiver this past year, still did that. He wasn't the number one receiver last last year year and still – He had like 800, 900 yards. Oh, gosh. And that SEC championship came when they played Florida. And Florida, um, I guess it was like an interception slash fumble. They literally stole the ball from him. And you're just like, how did that happen? Next thing you know, you see him flying across the field (laughs) and literally plows over a Florida player. He lit him up. Lit him up. I don't know how that wasn't called a penalty. (laughs) So if we see something like that in Cleveland, first energy stadium will explode yeah and uh another guy that i kind of noticed it's like very like i I don't even know where this guy's even projected that he's very under the radar i don't even think a lot of people's even heard of this kid but uh i believe he led the nation in receiving yards Hmm. and i think receiving touchdowns too i don't want to say that like 100 percent. don't know the exact stat yeah i I know the numbers but like i don't know like position where the stats rank at Mm mm-hmm but it's Jareth Steins from Western Kentucky. He had 150 receptions, 1,902 yards, yeah. and 18 touchdowns. I didn't watch any Western football this year, but I'd say he was probably their only productive receiver. I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, they had Bailey Zappi, oh. who broke the record this year, like 62 touchdowns, 6,000-something yards. I know they, they did the air raid. They had, yeah. I, I believe, they had two thousand yard receivers. Really, they were pretty productive on that side of the ball. Huh. And I mean, I know it's it's Western Kentucky. It's not the biggest of schools. Yeah, 
um, weaker conference. I believe it's what conference? Conference USA. Yeah. I know it's Conference USA in basketball. I'm yeah. just assuming that as football as well. Yeah. I, I don't want to say he's like this phenomenal receiver, but I mean, those stats, I mean, PFF had him as the seventh rated, highest rated receiver in the nation. Yeah. They had him at 90.5. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty productive. Um, he's not the biggest receiver. I believe he's about 5'10", 5'9", somewhere in there. Yeah. He's speed. He's a speed guy. Yeah. He could be one of those that goes undrafted. No one's ever heard about him. And, you know, he goes in like the uh, supplemental. Yeah. And just absolutely lights it up, you know, wherever he goes. Or or maybe he balls out at the draft combine, maybe a senior day. Maybe so. Gets a little – gets in there, maybe sixth, seventh round. I mean, one of them – Sure. One of them top guys. I could see that. Mm. So yeah, th- that's some of the sleeper guys. But uh let's just let's go back to the first round. We got to talk about them guys. I mean, we've talked about them before. Okay. But I the more and more I think about it, the two guys that I think that are going to be the most appealing. Sure. Cuz I I honestly I don't think Garrett Wilson's going to be there at 13. I don't think so either. A lot of Ohio State people who are listening to this podcast right now, be warned if Garrett Wilson does not get picked by Cleveland and gets picked earlier, don't get your hopes up too high because he's he's up there. Definitely up there. Yeah, and I think that he he might go top 5, dude, cuz I know that the Jets they may go receiver. They I know may. they've they've signed some big names or yep. they've not signed big names, but they've got a they've got a decent receiving core for Zach Wilson. But you know, they might go out and get him his receiver. Like yep. okay, this is your guy. Yep. Or go like, okay, who do you want out of this draft? Uh-huh. Do you want a receiver? And they go get maybe get Garrett Wilson, they might get somebody else. Yeah. Um but I think Garrett Wilson's the consensus first receiver going to be taken in this draft i mean realistically that's what we're thinking realistically that you know if he's alive by that point that's what we need to get yeah i mean i would think so too because jordan davis if he is not a top 10 pick a bunch of those teams that are top 10 must have lost a bet and said we're not allowed to pick jordan davis because (laughs) we lost a bet or there might be like a larry mean tonsil incident yeah like <laughs> something I mean, happens on draft day <laughs> you never know man <laughs> or he might have like a bad combine like that's the crazy thing right now is that people like really pay attention to these like pro days right and like the combine uh-huh. because like zach wilson i don't think he was a projected first round pick before like about this time last year i can't remember that's a like, good question though and i know he wasn't projected above justin fields or zach wilson or um Kid from North Dakota State. Trey uh, Lance. Yeah, Trey Lance. Uh, a lot of those quarterbacks were not projected very high because of uh, team need, and I think those yeah. teams were just like, you know what, we're going to make the splash pick and get these guys, and that's what they did, and yeah. neither one of them have really done anything Which, this year. I mean, the Jets, you can't really help them to anything. They've not, they don't really got the talent. They don't. They don't. And the 49ers still have Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Trey Lance is probably in a very, very, very good position right yeah, now. Yeah, he got put in the best position. I think so. I think so. I questioned that pick at first because I was like, 49ers don't yeah, I was, need a quarterback. They could have went after Jamar Chase. That's that's what kind of it shocked me. I thought if the 49ers were going to go quarterback, I thought they go Justin Fields really yeah I thought they were going to go Justin Fields I was sold on him being in San Francisco because yeah. I mean coming out of college 
Yeah. Just went to a national championship. Yeah. Went off. And mm-hmm. I mean, he was the more, I guess, putting the spotlight quarterback over Trey Lance. But, you know, Shanahan's got that, he's got that brain working. So, yeah. And they went that way. But you can't really question Kyle Shanahan for sure. Yeah. When it comes to those types of decisions. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's, Going back to the draft, like you kind of just don't know how teams are going to pick because you don't. the combine, like John Medji may go off at the combine and become a first round pick. Yeah. Like, and may go off in his pro day. And sure. Like, I mean, or he could do terrible and fall down to like the eighth or eighth round, seventh round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he fell to the eighth. He fell to the eighth. There was, you know, he was still waiting. Everybody was loading up the hey, draft, buddy. you know, stage and it was over and he's still sitting there, you know. Hey, John, uh, this is Christian with the Houston Oilers. Uh, we're going to take you here tonight. <laughs> but, um, I mean, if I'm thinking dream pick scenario for Cleveland, uh-huh. I mean, we know Jordan Davis is going to probably go top 10. If yeah. Jordan Davis is available oh, yeah. at 13, you gotta take him. we have to take him. Yeah, you got to take him. Oh, my gosh. And that would, I mean, honestly, the <laughs> Malik McDowell story is. Who? Exactly. I, I shouldn't say that, but I well, hope he gets I know the help. I hope he gets the help that he needs. But like Jordan Davis, I think playing along, if we re sign Clowney and we got Miles Garrett on the other side, Miles Garrett, Jordan Davis, and Jadavian Clowney, and can, keep Malik Jackson. You you keep him. The thing about Jordan Davis that kind of worries me is that George he didn't play a lot of downs. Like he yeah. played the first and second. So I feel like he wouldn't be able to keep up with that pace. And he's probably – he's a big dude, like yeah. a big, big dude. He would have dude. to thin down a little bit. Yeah, for the NFL. Yeah, he'd, he's going to have to drop about 30 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean – because, I mean, he's like 350, dude. Yeah, and big I mean, dude. I mean, when you're playing in college, it's a lot different than the NFL. Ain't that the truth. And these, these tackles are, and guards are a little bit different. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. But, I, I mean – Please, if he's available, we have got to get him at thirteen. Oh yeah, he, he'd be a phenomenal pick because I think sure. I think in Joe, I mean Joe Woods is his defense is. I think he's a good defensive coordinator. Yeah, I think he got a lot of flag last year, and I mean I was giving it to him. Like I was giving him, I was like, "Fire Joe Woods, he's trash." And for the first couple of weeks, I mean, I was kind of like, "This dude's he's awful." But you know, it's like he's he's finally getting the players that fit his scheme exactly, and it's working. Yeah. So and down the stretch, we had one of the best secondaries. We had one of the best front fours. Yeah. And I don't know how the linebacking core ranked, but you know, I'm sure it did. Well Jeremiah Wusukormo approved that he's the Lamar Jackson stopper. Oh my gosh! Well, <laughs> we don't want to say that to a certain degree. Uh, that's not what I meant. But <laughs> I know what this, you're saying. Though. That that first that first game in Baltimore, he was everywhere though. Oh, he was. I, I kind of forgot that he was the reason that Lamar went out. And you know, out. he wasn't trying to uh, yeah. do that. Let's you know put that out there. But I mean, if JOK is not in that position to sack Lamar at the game that you were at, yeah. Lamar doesn't get sacked. Lamar doesn't get injured. I mean, I'm not saying we wanted him to, but yeah. you know what I'm saying in the fact that that play could have went much differently because you know with the way that offense works, when those <laughs> plays go more than five seconds, six it's seconds, a free-for-all. it's a free-for-all. And that JOK sack was what kind of sealed the deal and, you know, stopping a potential play. But, of yeah. course, 
you know, we got injured and stuff. So. Yeah, it was. I hate to see him go down because I would rather beat Lamar. You know, of course, just to beat him. Yeah, but uh, yeah, JLK's he's gonna be special. Oh gosh, yeah, he's he's phenomenal. Yeah, I remember the day we picked him. I was actually uh, I wasn't actually been able to watch the draft because I yeah. was out of town. And I saw my uh, the pick on my phone, and I was just like celebrating in public, well, going crazy. You know, honestly, I didn't think he was going to be there at twenty six. I didn't. And either. we took Greg Newsom, and I'm like, okay, I wanted I wanted JOK because yeah. I mean he's like we need a linebacker, but uh-huh. you know we need a corner, so I was fine, and I I was really high on. Uh, the kid that Caleb Farley, I was really high on him. He was good too. Yeah, that's who I wanted. And yeah. Tennessee took him like right before us. Yeah. Then we take Greg Newsom, and I'm which like, was a good pick as well. Yeah, great pick. I'm glad we got Greg Newsom, no yes. doubt. But I wanted JLK so bad because he was like he's supposed to be this top ten player, and you're like, okay, if he met, if he does fall, you got to trade up and get him. And then you don't. He hasn't got picked by twenty yet, and I'm like, the Browns got to move up. And then <laughs> we pick him. He doesn't pick the rest of the knot. And you're like, oh, wow. I'm like, okay, they're going to move up to 33 and take him. Keeps going. Keeps going. And then we eventually do call up, make the trade, yeah. take JOK. And it's going to be one of the biggest steals in it is Cleveland Browns history. Probably. Um, definitely. Uh, as far as, you know, draft picks goes. Yeah. Um, and at the time, you got to think at the time – um, we didn't know what was going to happen with Greedy Williams. Yeah. So we had to say, okay, we've got to get a corner. And at the time, yeah. cornerback was the biggest need. Yeah, and, uh, I agree. And that's why we had to go with Greg Newsom, which was an excellent pick. Uh-huh. And then essentially we got two first round picks. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Which, of course, was you know the best thing to happen with the draft being in, in Cleveland. Cleveland. <laughs> I mean – it couldn't have went any better. The past two drafts overall, if you want to take it a step further, past two drafts overall have been phenomenal. 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 Yeah. Not a single player that we've picked within the last two drafts. The only player that I'm skeptical of right now uh-huh. is Anthony Schwartz. Skeptical of right now. But yeah, I, who knows? I see. I see. You know, he did not have the year that we thought he was going to have. Yeah. Literally, the football would be right in his chest. And somehow he didn't catch it. Yeah, I think a lot of it was – I think some of it just stemmed back to him not finishing that route and it hurting Baker, yep. him going after that tackle. I think some of that stemmed down because it went to the back of his head. He's like, oh, my gosh, i got to make this catch. And he started panicking. I think that offseason he's going to work a little bit because, I mean, him and Juice were actually in Miami not too long ago working out, that with, is this, true. Working out with a certain receiver. That is true. You know who that receiver was, don't you? Don't Chris Olave. Ooh, another potential Ooh, receiver. Another we could take. potential that we could take. I uh, honestly, I wouldn't be mad at taking Olave. I wouldn't be uh, mad at that because you know Ohio State's slowly becoming that receiver. You wide receiver. You because they're starting to pump out some good receivers. They in the are past stump, starting to pump out a few since here and uh, there. Brian uh, Hartlines took over. Yeah, and, the few here and there. I can yeah. see that. But I wouldn't be mad because last year they, they balled out. They balled out. Yeah. And But, you know, another guy that I I wouldn't be mad at the Browns taking at 13, Drake London. That, yeah, I mean, if we pick Drake London, you know, I'll be happy with that too. I mean, Yeah, you know. he's a bigger body. And, you know, I, I just – I tweeted this the other day. I said, just imagine. And I, it was DPJ, who's 6'2". G.J. Chark, 6'4". 
Drake London, 6'5". We need that. And plus, you got David Njoku, uh, Harrison Bryant. Yeah. Potentially Austin Hooper, depending on how that situation goes. Uh, yeah. And then your your shortest receiver on that team, potentially, would be Jarvis Landry at 5'11". And that would be completely okay with me. Yeah, and it wouldn't be DPJ being your tallest guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you get – you've got those top five receivers. We talked about it uh-huh. in the last podcast. Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Drake London, Chris Olave, and then Traylon Burks. Uh-huh. Now, Traylon Burks kind of defies your, you know, um, fantasy height yeah. deal because he's 6'3". But, but, I mean, that's still any bigger. Any of those five, though, any of those five, yeah. if we were to pick any of those five at 13, that would be good for – the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I'm still gonna. I'm always. I'm that type of person to where I want this player. I want this player. And of course, by the time we get to the last week of April, I'm gonna get my hopes up for yeah. it. Yeah, and I'm going to have my hopes be crushed. I, of course, I want Jordan Davis. He'll probably get picked <laughs> three or four. Then I'm going to get mad. And yeah, but I mean, if you go with either one of those five receivers, you can't go wrong. I yeah, like. I I just think that the receiving room is something you got to identify real quick in the draft. Yeah. And this this draft's the one to do it in. It's so deep. And there's multiple receivers. Like there's receivers down the line, like uh, the Dotson kid from Penn or yeah, Penn State. Penn State. Uh, you got one of the other more underrated um, receivers in Sky Moore from Western Michigan. Not a lot of guys have heard him, heard of him. Um, yeah. And I mean, like Justin Ross, six four, the consensus number one receiver took like two years ago when they're like when everybody was like, okay, when he gets when he's eligible eligible to be drafted. He's going to be the first receiver picked. Yeah. And then the injury happened, and then mm-hmm. it just – he didn't really have a consistent year this year because yeah. of the quarterback play. And I see him falling to about second or third round. Yeah. And I see Jacksonville making a push <laughs> yeah. for him. I, that's what I see. And I think that's – the uh, Jacksonville's going to try and get that Joe Burrow-Jamar Chase yeah. connection – with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Ross. I, that's going yeah. to be their attempt. I don't know if it's going to give you the same results, but, yeah. You know, one thing I kind of saw where um, where Jameson Williams got hurt and they're saying his draft stock's going to fall a bit because he won't be able to go into the draft combine and do his pro day due to that injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're saying that it's going to fall. Would you be mad at the potential them taking a receiver first round and a receiver in the second round. <sighs> I I don't know. That would be okay. that would be a tough one. I don't know. I, uh, if it's uh, if it's if it's Garrett Wilson in the first and Jamison Williams in the second, would you be mad? That would be. I don't. I don't know if I would be too hopped up about that. I would be ecstatic because you've got your receiver one in the future and your receiver two, along with DPJ and Schwartz. Moving forward. So you've got four receivers on your team guaranteed for the next two to three years. That might help. Um, I mean, you couldn't really – you think about it, there's not really any other position that we need as a starter right away. Um, So, I mean, that might, you know, uh, uh, help Cleveland. Uh We kept only five receivers this past season. Mm -hmm. So I'm not necessarily sure that that many receivers 
would necessarily be helpful with Stefanski's scheme. Now, a team like Los Angeles yeah. Rams, I could see them Which going they, first and second round. They kind of go, they kind of run that same system, though. McVay runs it kind of sort of the same. He's kind of opened it up a little more since he's got Stafford. But McVay, they all come from that same tree, that same type of like just hmm. run first, play action. Right. Like he came from the, uh, the Shanahan tree. Mm hmm. And so did Matt LaFleur. So they all kind of are in that same. Mm -hmm. And they all have that number one receiver, though. Mm -hmm. So I think that uh, – I think Stefanski's going to open it up a little bit next year. Maybe. Because, I, I mean, I think he was trying to implement that this year, and I think Hurt Baker kind of held that back a little bit. I think once you have the healthy quarterback or whatever direction A, B, and Stefanski think that they need to go quarterback. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I think the smartest way is just to run it back with Baker. Yeah. You, if you get two good receivers, I mean, I think let's just run it, man. Because I think a Garrett Wilson and Drake London, whoever you take it in the first round, is going to be your number one for the future. And yeah, I'm down for any of them, man. Like I can talk myself into any of them. So, yeah. I, 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 it's hard to see Barry going wide receiver in the first and second. I would see him going picking two tight ends rather than two receivers. Yeah. Because Stefanski's system is more predicated on tight ends, mm -hmm. whereas like Sean McVay is more yeah. wide receiver. And especially if we don't keep Hooper, which is likely, Hooper might be gone next year. So one guy that kind of I know this is kind of a segue back sure. to free agency. Yeah. But one guy I wouldn't be mad at the Browns keeping tabs on is Evan Ingram. Hmm. He's a good receiving. I think he he kind of fits that same like David Njoku type mold, sure. which I mean he was pretty good when he played with Eli and when OBJ and all them were running it. Absolutely. Um, I think that he would fit pretty good in Cleveland in that yeah. scheme mm -hmm. as like the tight end too. Yeah. I don't even think you really got to pay him that much either. I don't think you'd have to give him that big of a contract. I think you could give him, you could pay Njoku what you need to pay him to keep him, mm -hmm. and then pay Evan Ingram about. Mid mid pack, yeah, tight end stuff. So I could see that, especially if we don't keep Hooper, which I see as yeah likely. Uh -huh. I mean, you never know um, what they'll do, um, but in the event that Hooper's gone, uh -huh. that may very well happen, and um, you know, you stick with, of course, Najoku and stick with um, Harrison Bryant, you know. And uh, Stephen Carlson's still on the team, right? Yeah, he was just hurt. He was just hurt. Yeah. He caught uh, his first play, Stephen Carlson's first play, was a touchdown. It was a touchdown on, a, was it the Steelers primetime game on yeah. Thursday Night Football when mm. the Freddie Kitchens year? Yeah, that was him. That was pretty nice. I mean, and then when we played him again later in that year, he stiff-armed somebody to – Freaking Detroit. Do you remember that? Stiff arm Carlson? Throw him to the dirt. <laughs> I think so, yeah. I, I can't wait to see him come back. I, I I see as far as if you're talking tight ends, I see Hooper. Potentially. Potentially being, I mean, he might still be in Cleveland, but a definitely Najoku, definitely Bryant. Yeah. And then bringing back Steven Carlson. Um, if if Hooper were to leave, you know Evan Ingram might be a good pick. We may go back into the draft. Yeah, I mean, no one thought we were going to pick Harrison Bryant. Yeah, that was so, kind of. I, I mean, we kind of figured he was going to pick up a tight end. I, I figured we'd get one like 
sixth, seventh, like just kind of a guy that would be on the practice squad and then maybe a late cut. Towards the tail end, yeah. Yeah, and that was – like that was about it for tight ends for me because I mean after we got Austin Hooper I was like let's run it baby we got two tight ends let's go yeah and I can't wait to go back to that two tight end set because you didn't see a lot of that we had we ran a lot of 12 personnel yeah and so but yeah so but uh so we're uh, winding this down let's get a hot take for next season what is one just hot take you think is gonna go down next year oh man it's so hard to do that when this season hasn't even yeah just like way too early hot take for next year man if i'm thinking for next year i think we can win the afc north next year we can let Mm -hmm. me say it that way we can win the afc north Uh uh-huh because everyone's seeing what the Bengals are doing. And, of course, the Ravens, the entire Baltimore Ravens team was injured. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't – I mean – And the derailing of the Pittsburgh Steelers is right in front of our eyes. Yeah. Um, popular media, popular opinions not going to put Cleveland at the AFC North. They're yeah. going to have – they're going to have the Bengals win in the AFC North next year. Yeah, they'll have the Bengals or the Ravens. Yeah, they they honestly they'll count us out yeah. big time. And I think next year will be the top of year twenty twenty had in twenty twenty because nobody really expected us. They were all expecting an eight and eight, nine and seven, seven yeah. and nine. Last year we had the top of season. Or last year we were expected to have the top of season we had this year. Does yeah, that make sense? Yeah. And I think next year we'll have last year's season. Um, I think we Projection. can win the AFC North with a 17-game schedule. We've got the NFC South. Um, we have the AFC East. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wanting to say we will have to play the Chargers again. Yeah. And I'm wanting to say mm, the Texans. Did the we, Raiders jump to the third after they beat them? The Raiders finished second in the AFC West. That's right. So the that's Raiders right. will play the Steelers next year. Yeah, that's we right. will play the Chargers, and then um, we'll play the Texans, and the Texans are still struggling. So I feel like we're in a better position than the Bengals. We're not in as good of a position as the Ravens with the yeah. scheduling because the Ravens will get to play the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. The Ravens will get to play the Giants. We're going to be playing Washington, uh-huh. who, and Washington is very uh, underrated. They've got a really good defense. Um, their record ain't as good as it says because, I mean, they lost Chase Young midway through the season. I mean, the quarterback play, I'm not hating on Heineke, but he's not the – He's not a franchise quarterback. And once, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to come back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he'll come back. And that was what they were banking on this year was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Do you think that they, uh, you think they take a quarterback in the draft? I think they do. I think they do. I don't think it'll be a big pick. Yeah. I think it'll be more towards the end, third round, fourth round, but I think they get a pick. I think they go after that kid from Cincinnati. Could be. Oh, yeah, could be. A- but going back to Cleveland, I think. Um, we are in a very good position to win the division, uh-huh. um, but it's going to be it's going to be all predicated on winning the divisional games. Yeah, the Ravens lost nine games this year. Uh-huh. Five of those nine losses was in the division, mm-hmm. so that was their biggest reason for not doing anything in the AFC North. 
But, of course, they'll have some of those easy games. We'll have some, you know, we won't have to play as tough opponents as Cincy. Uh And, of course, every time we play Cincy, we are Cincinnati's kryptonite. I have just come to that conclusion. Since uh, since Jarvis Landry's been there, since Jarvis and Baker, since that turnaround kind of happened, we've kind of owned Cincinnati. Yeah, we've only lost one game against them, and that was in the Freddie Kitchens year. And I truly believe the team, the team, was team just knew over it. it was just like, why are we playing this game? You know, this is just, you know, end yeah. of the season. And I think the Bengals wanted something to play for because they were already getting the number one pick regardless. So they just wanted to say – we beat the Browns, yeah. you know, the team that was supposed to make it to the Super Bowl with Odell and mm-hmm. Baker and Jarvis. So that I think that's the only game that we've lost to them since Landry. Yep. I'm yep. pretty sure. Baker well Baker's six and I believe no, he's five and one against them, I believe. Five and one, and that one loss is what we just talked about. Mm-hmm. So yeah. But yeah, that'll be your um I'm hoping we can get Cincinnati again week eighteen. Yeah. And that be your AFC North championship game. Yeah. I would like for that to happen. And I mean, yeah. So Yeah, and I, I really I dig that. I hope yeah. we do. I hope we win that. And uh that's the goal for next year. Mm-hmm. Goals should every year be the Super Bowl, but you know, we've not seen one of them yet. <laughs> no, no. Not even an appearance. But the goal this year was to win the division. And, yeah. you know, we make certain decisions in certain games, and we win that division. Yeah. You know, we were right there. You well, know, we just, I mean, field goal kicking. Yeah. That, we got to get a kicker. Yeah. I, I don't care if we use every bit of cap space we got. <laughs> Go get me a kicker. <laughs> yeah. Bring get Justin Tucker, steal him from Baltimore. No, no man, I'm bring kidding. Phil Dawson back. Oh gosh, bring him back. He's, <laughs> he's yeah. sixty five, but let's bring him back. We'll bring old Lou Grosa back. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. I, that's not yeah. possible. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, man, it, it, this has been a fun episode. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I really, I'm glad you hopped on with me tonight, yeah. bro. Yeah. And. Uh, Well, this concludes another episode of Down with the Browns. Thanks for listening. And uh, just check out all our social media. We're out there on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Got a YouTube channel now. And and a Twitch. Uh, We've not went live on Twitch yet, but uh, we're going to get that going. But uh, go Browns. There you go. Ready to ball, not on my team, we gon' get along. Boys and brown, running the town. AFC champs, I'm loving the sound. Ready for steel, ready to rave, ready for fall, ready to burn. See us, we come and we stand and we laugh and we pass and we run and we touching the town. Cleveland the city, we good, we did it, we been through the ready, we loving the brown. Never will chill, never will lounge. We are the dogs, we are the hounds. Never the fears, we blew and we blew. So get on your feet, cause we are the brown.